welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast. My name is Philip O'Connor and my word lads is ever keeping me busy. There's so many things going on that, uh, Jesus, I can't even keep up with myself, you know, because I do be going round during the week and thinking, right, what'll I do? And right about now, there seems to be loads of events going on. We've loads of great visits and cultural events, and we just had Halloween, and we had the Swedish Irish Society doing uh, a thing here in Stockholm for the kids, and it was all brilliant, that kind of thing. I go, Jesus, I'll have to include that. Uh, and I make a note to me little script, or, you know, what passes for a script for this. And then I see that uh, Taylor and Jones is after changing its name, and uh, they're now called Butcher's Deli, and now it's time to start ad- uh, to ordering your stuff for Christmas and all sorts of things. Sure, I can't keep up with all the things that are going on. I hope you're well. I hope you're getting into uh, the swing of things now as the autumn. The autumn passed us by pretty quickly, as to be said. The leaves are gone from the trees. And I think the winter, it's safe to say the winter is here now. The clocks have gone back. But as I said, there's so much going on in the community, it seems, that uh, there's uh, there's no time to get, uh, to get excited. No time to start feeling sorry for yourself because the sunlight has disappeared because there's loads of things to be doing, right? This week boys and girls we will be going behind the scenes with the glass mask theater company and their visit to stockholm I only got wind of it very late in the day, but uh, I managed to get in touch with Johan Bach, who was the director of the show that was on at Stadsjöten here in Stockholm, and I was able to go along and talk to the cast before the show, and then record just a little bit of the play itself, and then the reactions to it afterwards, and it's brilliant to see an Irish theatre company here. Uh, in Stockholm with professional actors doing a Swedish play for a Swedish audience and the whole experience that that was and the sort of the, you know the, the two different theatre cultures if you like coming together Johan uh, knows Kyle who starred in the show very very well as well and uh, it was just fascinating to, to see and to be there and to see the sort of the whole dynamic of the show and what have you so that is what is coming up for you before we do that yeah do make those few notes right because there is a couple of uh, different things going on the first of them that I want to bring you is that coming up this week in Stockholm and in Uppsala we have the writer Dirni Griefa is in town. She has a new book called A Ghost in the Throat it's out, uh, I think it's called Etzböke Strupen in Swedish. That's out now. She is going to be in Stockholm this coming Wednesday in Hedengren's bookshop and then she is going to be in Uppsala on Thursday. There may be other dates as well now but these are the dates that I have to hand at the moment and uh, she's going to be doing that so there is a chance to start to talk to I think there's going to be a sort of a Q&A or that kind of thing going on as well so as well we'll turn up the one on Wednesday you have to buy tickets for the show and they're physical tickets so you have to be- pick them up uh, before 7 o'clock on Wednesday that's at Hayden Gaines bookshop in the city centre you will find these things and of course by now you are you're clever and you're attractive and your your life is just so brilliantly organised that you're already a member of the Swedish Irish Society so you will have already seen the things on their socials and you will, will have already received the invitations to these various different things if not lads it's a good idea to join uh, join now and you'll be part of it next year as well and you'll get all these details you get all the details about their Christmas parties and what's coming up and that kind of thing as well a shout out to our friends at the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden if you had to listen to Rory Moore last week get your nominations in there for the Beacon Award they're having their big gala dinner on the 2nd of December here in Stockholm and I was talking to Rory a little bit offline about it as well there is some room for academic members right so that would be the Irish students who are over here studying various PhDs and masters uh, and doing various different bits and pieces if they want to go and sort of build their network and talk to people they're more than welcome to do that get in touch with Rory and the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden and they'll ensure that you can find a ticket that is suited to your student pocket uh, also big chance a uh, big thanks to uh, Martin Hessian of Veerstrums who continues to support this podcast never ever ask me for anything and if I go to him and say oh Martin who's playing there 
care what matches are on. He basically just ignores me. He doesn't want me annoying him for information every week. But I just try to mention every week uh, the support that he gives the podcast. It is that time of the year now when the club uh, football hurling has come to an end. The Rugby World Cup has obviously come to an end. But there's loads of sports still on the TV. And the best way to see it is to book yourself a table there. So if you're a Manchester United fan or an Arsenal fan or a Liverpool fan, get together with a few of the lads. I know that... Um, the boys and girls of the Stockholm Gales, who Martin also supports, and the Camogues and the whole works, uh, they have been down there reasonably regularly lately watching various different matches in the Rugby World Cup and that. And you tend to see these great Instagram stories and everything until about 10 o'clock at night. And then you don't hear anything. And that's how you know it was one of the greatest nights in history because uh, everything goes quiet for a little while and what goes on in Veerstrums stays in Veerstrums, as was always the rules, boys and girls. So that is going on as well there. I will try to remember, uh, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that I have to tell you. Oh yes, Alana Rob is back in town and she has a new exhibition uh, you would have heard from Alana before I visited various different exhibitions that she has been part of and she got in touch with me late last week and she told me that she's going to send me a press release about this hasn't shown up just yet right but there is it's uh, a gallery on Hudiksvallsgatan uh, it's called Gallery Duer next week right so this is the week that's coming just in time for Stockholm Gallery weekend she says so that's Alana Robbins again it's Gallery Duer I can't give you many more of the details than that right now I'll see if I can dig them up before we do the outro and tell you exactly where you're going to be going but uh, Alana if you've listened to the podcast before when I've spoken about the various different um, art events and that kind of thing that she's turned up a fascinating person and is often like building really strong links between Irish artists and Swedish artists and, and bringing Swedish artists to Ireland and vice versa you know so it's um, it's definitely uh, she's definitely somebody who's worth uh, getting out there and supporting not least because when our own art is on show it's, um, it's always worth a, a good look at that listen let us get on with that because uh, the intro has been way too long here and I'm sure you want to get uh, to the myth and drink of what is going on. I should be back after this but as I say, certain podcasts you really enjoy. I really enjoy being out and about and not really having a huge idea of what I'm going to do but uh, you know, just getting stuck into something and talking to people and not knowing where the conversation is going to take me and I really didn't know where this conversation was going to take me at all because um, this is one of those situations where the play, I was aware of what it was and what it was about but I'd never actually seen it before. So I really, really enjoyed getting in there and talking to, to Johan and Elaine and to Kyle and to everybody who's involved in this. So here we are. Let us go behind the scenes with the Glass Mask Theatre Company as they were in Stockholm for three performances of Act by Lars Norian. Enjoy. tell you what we're going to dive straight in here can you introduce yourself and tell me where we are and what we're doing here yes so my name is Johan Bark and we're at Kulturhuset Stadsteatern also known as the Stockholm City Theatre and we are about uh, one and a half hour before the premiere of Act by Lars Norén which is performed by the Irish theatre company Glassmask Theatre which is visiting from Dublin and the gentleman sitting to your right is I'm Kyle Hickson I'm an actor and I play Michael Gott in the piece your first impressions so far, Kyle, of Stockholm. What you've seen of it has been pretty much in the dark. Uh, sure. Have you enjoyed it so far? Absolutely loved it, yeah. It's a lovely city. It's, like, really aesthetically pleasing, I think, and just, like, really efficient, you know. But I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of exploring, like, the old city and stuff tomorrow. But I love it, yeah. Is, it, this is, is this your first time performing outside of Ireland for maybe a non-native English speakers? Absolutely, yeah. My first time, yeah. First time abroad, kind of doing a play, yeah. How does that feel? Is it nervous, is it? 
Yeah, I suppose it is. I think particularly because, you know, we're doing a play by Lars Nareen, who's, you know, one of Sweden's most famous writers. So it's it's kind of strange to kind of be coming here. And it's like coming here and singing ABBA songs, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That, that's literally what it feels like. But uh, I'm really curious to kind of see what will people think of it. Yeah. Fantastic. We shall move one step to my left and to your right as well. Your co-star here this evening. Hello, my name is Elaine O'Dwyer, acting in this play as the prisoner for my sins. I was just going to say, if we were, the four of us were to go out right now and do something, you know, Elaine is going to be the one who sticks out because you're in a sort of a smock that you would get in a hospital or a prison or something like that. Why is that? I'm a bit dishevelled. Uh, you'll have to come and see the show to find out all about it. But yes, I'm kind of battered and bruised. I'm a political prisoner. And, uh, sure aren't we all. This is it. This is it. It's very relevant. Um, how, how are you feeling about being over here? Is this your first time performing outside of Ireland as well? Um, no, I've performed outside of Ireland before. I lived in London for a bit, so performed mm. there and did a European tour in Luxembourg and Paris and stuff before but I've never been to Stockholm and I really like it When you get an offer to do something like this is it like okay that sounds mad I really want to do it or can I not just do Fair City you know how do you react to that? I think it's always exciting to go outside of your comfort zone environmentally as well because you're meeting like different stage crew and seeing what their traditions are like in the theatre and it's it's really great learning experience and also kind of a gift for an actor to be able to go somewhere else and do what they do and what they love. We have one more fourth mystery person here. Is she going to be part of the podcast as well? She is now because she looked up. You should never look up. It's like being a stand-up comedy. Your name, please, and what you're doing here. My name is Migla Ryan and I'm the producer. You're the producer of it also? Yes. And you were sitting there quietly saying nothing as if, oh no, this is nothing to do with me, you know? Oh, that's my job, you know, I'm just sitting watching. Uh, what's it like producing a show like this that's not maybe in your usual environment? Oh, it's very interesting, you know. It's great learning experience and the work of someone like Johan. It's amazing. Uh, is this your first time involved in a show outside of Ireland, taking people on the road, that kind of thing? It is, yes, yes, that's the first time. What has the biggest challenge been so far? Oh, not that many challenges, to be honest. It's very welcoming. This is the Swedes, they're so organised. Absolutely, you know, it's, it's organised, it's welcoming. We feel great here. Fantastic. I'm going to go back over here to Johan, right, because I wanted to explain just a little bit about this play that's on now tonight. Now, unfortunately, by the time this comes out, nobody will have a chance to see it, but we've been hyping it up all week in the Instagram stories. Johan, who is Lars Nolien and who, what's this play all about? Why is it so important to you to put it on? Oh, you're asking a lot of good questions. Right? We'll be here for an hour now <laughs> after this. is a Netflix special. Well, uh, uh, Lars Norian, of course, like Kyle was mentioning early, uh, earlier, is kind of seen as one of the, if not the biggest dramatists uh, coming out of Sweden since Strindberg. And uh, pe- people very often note in his work that it is very psychologically tense, uh, expressionistic. It's very often surrealistic, but at the same time realistic. You know, it's it's people made out of flesh and blood, but it very often <laughs> spins out of control quite quickly, as in this play, for example. Um, and obviously, sadly, he passed away recently during the pandemic. So uh, we also saw... Um, uh, what's the word? We, we also saw a responsibility mm. to kind of honour... Uh, the legacy mm. of his uh, writing as well. And obviously I'm Scandinavian and uh, so when we t- started to talk about collaborating, me and the, this theatre company, we very uh, early ended up with the idea of doing a Lars Marine play mm-hmm. in English mm-hmm. because obviously it's very specific, it's very uh, part of Swedish theatre culture mm. but at the same time 
it's it hasn't been that accessible to English speaking people. It mm. has been staged that many times in English. Why is it so important to stage work by people like Lorneal in English? And why is it so important to have Irish actors come here and do it in Sweden in Stockholm for a Swedish audience? <laughs> because it's just a crazy project. It was the wildest thing I could think of at the Exactly. Time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but because of a lot of different circumstances we end up doing ended up doing this play yeah. in May in Dublin, it got well received. I was very happy with what we created together. And the, the opportunity um, uh, came actually uh, over a beer behind Kulturus at Stadstheatern. I said to another producer here that we're doing this crazy thing in Dublin. Do you want to bring it here in the autumn? And she was, yes, absolutely. I love to hear that people. <laughs> yes. Of course, why wouldn't you do that? Yes, you know? exactly. And, and why, why doing it? Well, I think because obviously Noreen, uh, when he passed, sadly, uh, you know, he he's a project. Uh, he's a product. Sorry, of uh, contemporary times. What he writes is a product of h- how people perceive the reality nowadays. You know, as opposed to Strindberg. I mean, who was active 100 years ago. Mm. There's a value of staging the classics, but this is a contemporary playwright writing in a contemporary style and expressing contemporary thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's one of the main reasons of staging it. It's also very often universal. I would say the themes that are uh, embedded mm. or or embedded perhaps yeah. in in his place and and it would be a shame that all the english speaking people of this world would never get to take part of his mm. legacy Kyle, what is it that impresses you about this play? Because as you one mentioned there, you've done it in Dublin. Uh, it's obviously something that you enjoy doing because you don't come all the way to Sweden to do it. Uh, what is it that sticks out for you as an actor? What is it that appeals to you about doing it? Well, it's interesting. So Johan and I uh, went to college together and uh, Johan did the directing course. I did the acting course and we actually did an, another Noreen play together called Demons. Mm. And I was blown away by the writing you know uh, there's nothing like it in Ireland I think the closest maybe we'd have is Tom Murphy play yeah. like I think you know um, he. I think they'd be similar writers and then um, what happened was Rex Ryan who's the amazing artistic director Glass Mass came to me and said do you know any um, international debuts and I immediately thought of Noreen and I immediately thought of Johan because I just had the best time uh, working with Johan I felt out of all the things I did that year in college you got the best performance out of me and I learned so much and I thought well I'd love to do something like that again and that's exactly what this has been you know it's uh, he's just an incredibly muscular writer with language Mm. I think as Johan said you know he puts characters in quite psychologically interesting things that feel real they become surreal and it gives you as an actor a very interesting thing to play because in Ireland a lot of stuff is quite naturalistic and um, fourth wall where this you, it's fully bodied it's physical it's um, it's very European you know so, mm. so, so I was excited by that kind of um, you know aspect of it to get mm. to do that style of theatre we are, as Johan was said, about 90 minutes away from the first performance here in Stockholm. And he said to me on the way in the door there that we've just had a run through now, so they might be a little bit tired. Yes. Elaine, is it a very demanding play emotionally to do or is it very demanding work to do? It is both physically and mentally demanding. But I think actors are weird. We're drawn to that. We want to be pushed to our limits. And I feel like, again, similarly to Kyle, like I feel like I haven't ever done a play like this that demands that from you. And I feel like the people that saw it in Dublin, they were like, 
why is it over? Like, why well, I wanted to keep going? It just felt so quick. Whereas some plays, it feels like, oh, Jesus, another two hours of this. And you're looking at the watch waiting to go. But with this, it's like there's never a moment where you can switch off. You're constantly like, what's going to happen next? And it's kind of like that unsettling feeling. And there's moments of bursts of comedy and then extreme intensity of like anguish. Um, it just has everything. Um but yeah, as an actor, you feel pushed to your limits. But that's really satisfying for an actor to go. Is it difficult to do? Because, you know, you're sitting here like normal person. 90 minutes, like God only knows what you'll be doing in front of me here. You know, is it difficult to switch that on and off? Um, I think when you're in the right environment and you're working with the right people, it's fine. Like working with Kyle is an absolute joy because I feel really safe with him on stage. And we really have each other's backs and you can just play. So I came across something recently. It said the playfulness comes from feeling safe. Mm. You can't be playful if you're feeling fearful or strained in any way. It's like children. If they feel safe, they'll do and, and improvise and be spontaneous. And I feel like that in this play because of the surroundings in which it's been practiced and how easy is it to create that kind of trust? Is it dependent on Kyle being the person that he is and the actor that he is? I would say so, yeah. Because I, 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 yeah, I've worked with a good few actors and sometimes you really click with people and you, sometimes you just don't. It's just a normal energy thing. But I think our personalities just kind of work. So we, were. we are going to hopefully speak to all of you again when the play is over, right? But just before we go into the actual play itself, you know, it, what, what do you expect from this? You come over here, you know, on your flight with Sass or whoever, you rock up in Stockholm, you meet Yo, you know Yo, a great bloke, you know, <laughs> a few meatballs for lunch and that kind of thing. Have you any expectations whatsoever or are you closed off from that because what you're doing is within you and Kyle at the moment, so to speak? Um, I think it, it's just that thing about being open, being a ready for whatever may come of this like be it an interesting audience member or an experience in Sweden you know like I think you just have to be open and ready for anything that will come if you're closed off you shut down things but I don't feel like when I'm doing the play I'm like okay that's it that's all I came for I came to be part of Sweden for a bit mm. all of three days <laughs> <laughs> there's a big shopping street over here as well yeah, we'll have yeah, to hit yeah, it at some exactly. point uh, what do you expect from it what do you expect the audience to be like do you have any expectations um, I'm really curious to see what Swedish people think because uh, as Johan said like it's a Sw- it's a Swedish playwright it's, he's from Stockholm and died in Stockholm like I feel like if someone if, if oh, yeah I'm wondering because I, I know a Ukrainian uh, theatre company came over to the Abbey Theatre in Dublin to do their version of translations Mm. and it was well received and it's just a different context that they brought with them based on their situation. So I'm wondering is this going to have a similar effect psychologically or how will people interpret it differently in this language that we speak? But um, obviously everyone in Sweden speaks amazing English, so maybe it's... Mostly better than us, unfortunately. But better than us, yeah. <laughs> really, we, we shall draw a line under it now. We might take a little bit of a clip from the show itself and then we shall speak to you all again when the show is over and see if it went according to those expectations. Are you going Home. Home. We have no homes. Neither one of us will return to a home. There's no home for us to return to. That which we usually call a home, however temporary or defective it might be, is today just the bottom of what once was a lake somewhere. Just sand and dried clay. A desert, hard and naked, soundless and cold as the universe itself. Horrific. Without end, without life, without feeling, without memory, dead. Didn't you know that? 
Well, by the way, one of your friends hanged himself in his cell yesterday. No. Who? Who? Unfortunately, I can't tell you that. You understand, don't you? the other side of it. How was that, Elaine? Interesting. Uh, In what way? That's the best answer I've ever had to that question. <laughs> um, it's funny, like sometimes we come off the stage and we're like, oh yeah, we did it, we rocked it. And then mm. tonight, because I guess it's because, in, in Ireland we had a Dublin audience, so obviously our accents and stuff are very like, you know, accessible. To accessible. Yeah, yeah. So I think tonight we kind of realised it was like, oh yes, it, it seemed like a quieter audience, but perhaps because they were trying to catch up with what we were saying, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm sweating. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not in a good way. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. dependent are you on the audience for those cues? Because there was one, what I thought was a joke, and I went, okay, that's not going to land here, right? Just and that's just from tw- over twenty years of being oh, in Sweden. Really? And they'll get it, and they'll think that's funny, but they're not going to laugh out loud because they don't want to be ah. were you sort of do you depend on them for cues and reactions we don't depend on them but it certainly it gives us a feeling of like right they're with us yeah. but when the audience is completely silent it's like do they hate it <laughs> <laughs> they're really looking at their watch going you know? yeah, yeah how, how yeah. was it for you Carl? yeah kind of similar to elaine you know it's um first time i've done a play abroad so kind of uh, trying to gauge that and then um yeah i was very aware that like i was like oh you know i'm speaking in english and speaking at a rhythm that would be fast you know or like you know for an Irish audience they might and I was like oh fuck maybe I should uh, slow this down in case like they're not going to you know get don't want to lose I don't want to lose them yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah 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 so so that was kind of tricky to kind of gauge that and then you also don't want to change the show you've rehearsed either so mm. so it's like a it's like a de- a delicate balance you know mm. so yeah how much of it it's an interesting thing you brought up there you don't want to change the show you've rehearsed right mm. Because we talked about being dependent on the audience. How dependent are you on one another? You know, can you throw her a curveball and yeah. when you react her? Yeah, like I think we can. You know, like, I think we've got a really good working relationship that way. Where I think Lane's a brilliant listener on stage, and um, and will pick up if I say something or, or do something differently. And then the only thing that's not up for grabs is anything like a you know like fight or or anything. There's there's a couple of things in the piece that is choreographed and and that's when you know okay this is the time to focus and I can't change that. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely moments in the piece where we we do we do play with it. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is there a certain sense of danger that keeps you on your toes there? Is that something that's enjoyable or is it something to go Jesus I just hope I get over this without your man saying something or doing something. <laughs> that's a only. good question. <laughs> Yeah, because obviously there's a scissors, I have cable ties on my wrist. Like it's very, I was watching that very closely at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is a bit nerve-wracking, because what if Kyle has an off day and accidentally cuts me? Do you know what I mean? Like, he never would. But, like, there, we, we do really have to trust each other, like, so much. And I think I said it earlier, like, I, I wouldn't trust it another actor in the same way that I've trusted Kyle with this, that I've worked with in my experience. Um, so that's really nice. But, yeah. 
when you look back at it now, there's one show down, there's two shows to go. Will you change anything about what you do now after this experience, having a Swedish audience for the first time? Is that, will that change anything, do you think? I think I might possibly articulate more. But I don't know, Johan might be like, no, change nothing. Or change everything. Who knows? <laughs> will there be that kind of discussion? Like half-time we'll, have match, like, yeah. we'll have a little chat. We'll have a little chat and it'll say, okay, maybe this time do this. Or it won't be anything drastic. It'll be a subtle thing. Mm. Or they'll still say, no, all good. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll find out. What do you think, Carl? Is there anything there you would like to say to Johan? Look at, you know, I'd like to change that or I'd like to do this. Um, uh, yeah, I always have questions, you know. Like, uh, I'll definitely ask him about, you know, like diction and things like mm. that. And I was very I was very aware of, like, clarity, you know, yeah. in, in terms of, like, vocal clarity. So uh, I'll definitely ask him about that because, as you said, you don't want to lose people. And, mm. like, you know, Swedish people's English is amazing, though. That, that's the other thing, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, generally, like, the like, it's kind of yeah. amazing. Um, so it could be fine but you know I'll, I'll definitely have a chat with him about that you know, it's just clarity just making sure it's clear Yeah. yeah. do you think people were because there's a few, a few of the women that I was talking to here that I know from previously and they were saying that th- this is a complicated work right yeah. mm. you're not always sure who's talking mm. what they're saying yeah. if they're you know reliable or relatable mm. and that kind of thing does that sort of add to the difficulty of, of sort of getting this across kind of thing yeah I think so I think like you know like in rehearsals, you know, we, we did like have an idea of like, you know, a concept for it, I suppose, of what we think is happening. But I, I, more and more I do it, I feel like I'm just leaning into moments more and kind of going, I'm playing it moment by moment mm-hmm. rather than in a more, I suppose, naturalistic or accessible play. You are thinking about, you know, the character's overall arc and stuff. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's just about, OK, this is what this moment is and I'm mm-hmm. just going to commit to this. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a difficult thing? Because it's kind of like you know walking the tightrope without a safety net, really. Isn't it? That's exactly what it feels like. It's, yeah, it's because it's funny you say that because like during the tech, I said to Elaine, I said I feel like I'm hanging on by the edge, and I feel like it's just gonna go any minute, mm. you know. And um, it definitely, it definitely adds like an excitement to it, and and you definitely feel more in the moment because you've no choice. You've no choice. You've no else to be. We're kind of stuck with it. This script, we I think with other plays and books and whatever, there's a start, there's a middle, and there's an end so you know kind of where it's going but with this it's literally moment by moment but not famously but he said in an interview the playwright that he doesn't like narratives he doesn't like a linear narrative he likes to just there's no hero there's no nothing here no and it it is that thing of like life is moments it's not like like there's power play there's dynamics there's shifts in psyche and stability and everything so I think it's really human yeah, behind it all yeah. even if you're discombobulated at the end yeah. <laughs> what, what do you personally get out of this as an actor Elaine? when you walk away from this performance here tonight is there anything in particular that would stick out for you do you think uh, it's specifically coming to Stockholm with it well, no specifically just from this performance here this evening will you go away from this with anything in particular do you think? probably go away with um, we've performed for people that would ne- never would have seen us in Dublin and that feels kind of nice yeah. and it's kind of it's nice to pay tribute to a Stockholm playwright in his home city mm. um, it kind of is just feels right or something mm. do you ever get the sort of, you know we mentioned a little bit earlier on about like you know coming yeah. to Stockholm performing ABBA songs you know the way sometimes oh, yeah, yeah. there was a time back in the 70s you know in Germany where every German was playing Irish traditional music you know mm. do, do you ever feel like a bit of an imposter coming here doing that kind of thing or? Yeah, I, d- I definitely do. Yeah, like it's because I, I guess to some people they will have seen productions Noreen might have directed himself, and, and maybe not this play because I, I don't think this specific play's. I think it's been done once in Sweden before. I, I could be wrong about that. Um, 
but yeah, no, there is. There's like a, there's like a pressure and kind of like it'd be a bit like if a Swedish company came to Ireland and it's Brian Freeld. You yeah. know, we're we're going to have ideas about it, but I guess you just hope that we found an, the essence of it and um, and that's you know at the end of the day we're we're. We're Irish, yeah, 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 yeah. We're all <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is, even though we mentioned that he wasn't a big fan of narrative, like, you know, this mm. is all art, it's all, you know, somebody's take on something that yeah, somebody else exactly. has done, kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, will this, does this not open your eyes, maybe? I mean, Elaine, you've lived in London, you performed, you've obviously both performed pretty much everywhere at some point, you know. Do you want to do more of this after this, or you kind of go, is more it going to be like, yeah, get me, no, well, more of, you know, traveling with challenging work like this, or do you just want to go back and let me do a panto or a fucking musical or something? I'm good with the pantos. I, I think I'd lean into this more. I've got another dead word for one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think as long as the work is exciting, if this wasn't, an, if, to be honest, if I didn't enjoy doing this in Dublin, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. The reason I'm here and the reason probably Kyle is here is that we did have a really good experience working with it. Mm. And just to bring it, as I said, to to the home turf, mm. is a, it just feels like a circle moment is, is it unusual for it to be that sort of positive when you work with you know the two obviously working very closely together you go Jesus that was great you know I really enjoyed doing that you know <laughs> is, it, is that unusual because like everything else acting writing yeah. you know some days are diamonds some days are stones really yeah yeah it's like, yeah like um I have to say, I've been very lucky with people I've worked with. I, I've, I've enjoyed working with pretty much everyone. Um, but I, I, you definitely, you know, you do have days where you feel like the best actor in the world and there's other days where you feel like you can't act at all, yeah. you know. And, and, um, and that, like, that's not to do with anyone else. That's to do with me and yeah. pressure I put on myself and, um, you know, feeling like you, you haven't hit it sometimes. So it's like there's a lot of ups and downs, like, uh, in, in what we do. Um but I have to say, I, I, I genuinely I've enjoyed working with most people. Like I've worked with, it's, it's yeah, it's it's great. Um, but I do feel like a, a special bond with Elaine. I, I think we we approach the work in a similar way, and and uh, and as you said, there's a trust there. Yeah. Are we likely to see this at some point again in Sto- or in Gothenburg or in Yavla or Malmo or that kind of thing? Talk to Johan. Yeah, I'd say. talk to Johan. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't. I, there's no plans, but yeah, like it'd be an instant yes. Like I, 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 yeah, I'd jump at the chance to do it again anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Would we get Elaine on board in that roller coaster as well? Oh, well, will you be there? <laughs> I don't have to be if you don't want me. <laughs> what are you joking? No, I'm similar to Kyle. Um, unless I'm doing like a Marvel movie or you know something like that. Which that would be definitely one for the Irish and Sweden podcast if you're doing a Marvel movie do let us know well thank you both so much for talking thank to me thank you thank you thanks a million thanks a lot yes, uh, yes we will give the last word to the Swedish director here how, how, how did you enjoy that what, how did I enjoy that on so many levels I mean it was amazing to see well A this wonderful cultural exchange between the Irish cast this Irish production and the Swedish audience and B to just see how uh, well received it was the the audience seemed to love it and I am so impressed with the actors they took something that we've already created back in Ireland and it's kind of you know fermented in a positive way uh, since then into you know an even richer whiskey which we got to see on stage today Ooh, I, like the, I like the sound of that mm-hmm. how do you think the dynamic with the audience worked because we often think of you know you know, a, a Swedish audience is a little bit different to an Irish audience mm-hmm. if you were to compare the reaction of the Swedish audience to the Irish audiences that I've seen it, well, mm-hmm. is there any similarities is there any major differences there well I, I, I think there were a few people that 
mentioned that they really uh, enjoyed the show, but they had some issues following the English language, which is understandable. And it's you know it's interesting because you know very often us Swedes proud ourselves uh, with being very you know um, more than capable in, in, more, in English, yeah, more than capable. Um, but what was interesting, what I heard from some of those people, what it was that they still got the sense of the situation, the physicality of what the performers were doing. So I don't don't really know how to summarize that, but essentially, yeah, it was just a very nice exchange between you know audience and performers. Mm. You know, it's not the most accessible play in terms of there's no sort of three act structure, there's no beginning, middle, and end, there's Isn't, no obvious hero, no, no musical numbers, <laughs> no none of that kind of thing. Um, does that make it more challenging when you translate it into a different language and then present it for people? Do you think that's a more challenging thing for the audience to, to have to try to to to, um, to understand or to get themselves into? I think so, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very good uh, point. Uh, however, if you then do go the extra mile and mm. at least attempt to make the effort to kind of tap into, okay, so this is not the most conventional structure of a play, but w- what can we harness out of it? Mm. Uh, and it felt today, you know, you you did see it. You know, it's a very physical play, and it really felt like, you know, the, the, something was resonating between the audience and the uh, performers on stage, which was very nice, regardless of language. Yeah. I guess is what I I'm think it to does. Say. I mean, yeah. on some level, it works. Even if you don't speak the language at all, mm-hmm. like you know, you get a lot out of it. Mm. For you personally, mm-hmm. these things are always a risk, right? You're talking to the people who run stats the author. They go, mm-hmm. "Oh, I have this great idea. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this play, but we're going to do it in English." They go, mm-hmm. "The hell's the matter with you?" You know, yeah, yeah. was it a big risk? And do you feel a sense of relief now? Do you feel a sense of achievement? What do you feel after a performance like that? Well, you did put the words. In my mouth but you did put them very correctly so I, I do feel both <laughs> relief and what was the other one sorry I released this pride there <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah, as well yeah. That, yeah. yeah absolutely of course for those two wonderful people but I think yeah yes I think you're right on point there that you know it it is more it's not as accessible of course to uh, to bring an English-speaking play which is also unconventional in its play structure uh, to the Stats Theater but at the same time I mean you know this is more more well than I do that there's so many people in Stockholm who has English as their first language and if we talk about Lars Norén like we talked about before the performance you know he's been considered to be the greatest playwright in Sweden since Strindberg Mm. and very rarely his plays are being staged in English so I mean in in a way this is not a controversial idea or Mm. or at least it shouldn't be with all the expats I mean the Irish community of course but Mm. people from the UK Spanish people who speak Africa, Australia everywhere Everyone who used English as their first working language, mm. you know, um, and this is actually something I've reflected on even before this project that there should be a bigger industry, and I hope for a bigger industry of more English-speaking, accessible plays being mounted mm. in Stockholm, which is such a bilingual, multilingual um, city. Do you think you're going to be part of that? Will you be the one sort of translating all these great plays from Swedish? I mean, after today, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, right now, all he wants to do is get a drink and go to bed, kind of thing. <laughs> but do you see this being as being part of your future now, sort of fitting into the kind of theatre that you want to put on for people? Absolutely, absolutely. And after today, even more, just motivated and you know, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know where to find us on the Irish and Sweden podcast if you're bringing over another Irish theatre company. But you want back. Thanks so much for having us here. Thank you. Thank you.
There you go. That was indeed Johan Bach taking his leave of us there after that brilliant production by the Glass Mask Theatre Company. Uh, you will have heard the producer of the show there. She asked me to remind people, right, that if you're listening to this in Ireland, the Glass Mask Theatre Company is an actual physical place thing. They put on plays. I think it's on Dawson Street where they have their theatre there, right? Go and see them. They're really, really passionate people. Pa- people who are passionate about theatre, as many people are, putting on shows that maybe don't get a chance to be seen now elsewhere like this one it's very unusual for a work like this to be translated into English and then uh, brought back to its country of origin here in Sweden so they're doing great forward-looking work exciting work and it's the kind of work that's it's difficult to keep it going you know you need people you need bums on seats you need people sitting there watching it and, and that kind of thing and that's really what motivates that and of course you know they get bits and pieces of grants here and there to do these things but the more people the more tickets they can uh, sell to people the better so it really was it was an extremely enjoyable experience a brilliant performance altogether and it's left me with an awful lot to think about before the next uh, well you never know maybe Dieran Nigriafel who turns up this week and gives us our next dose of art and culture which is uh, so badly needed and uh, so deeply desired by, by the Irish community here in Sweden. There was a very good turnout there on Friday and uh, there will be a very good turnout I'm sure over the weekend as well. And it was very fitting too boys and girls because you would have seen on Facebook, certainly among the older Irish community here, you would have seen on Facebook that um, one of the people who was most involved with Spuds and Seal is actually leaving us and moving back to Dublin. That's Niall Balf. And Niall is moving back to Dublin with his family. Been over here for many years. Absolutely fascinating man, right? You will have heard him when we spoke about uh, Bloomsday and the celebration of Bloomsday maybe a year and a half ago. I think it was maybe in June 2022 we went and visited that and we spoke to Niall about it. And Niall just has this tremendous voice and a tremendous presence and a great love of the theatre and of acting and of writing. And he has written a number of plays that have been performed by Spuds and Sale. You know, everything from full plays to one and two actors and that kind of thing. And it just... tremendous guy altogether hugely supportive of everything that happens in the community very well well read very learned like just a fantastic person to have around And, and there's always a certain sadness about this right because you know I love you all. I love everybody who's listening to this podcast. You are our community. This is a community-based podcast or supported podcast that exists because we do. And we're well aware of the fact that our community is a transient one. You know, I'm thinking of young Niall Gray, another Niall who left there during the summer. And Niall was over here working for Board B, I think it was, and had a fantastic time here. And now it's time has come for him to move on. And it's always sad when that happens. It's no more nor no less sad now when Niall Balf goes. It's just sad for a different reason. Reason. And the fact that Niall was there for so long and that we knew him so well, he's going to be so sorely missed and a real fantastic man for getting things done as well. So Niall, thanks for everything that you've done for this community in your time here in Sweden. Thanks for being the person that you are. Uh, thanks for being the talent that you are and for sharing those things with us and for helping the rest of us to be better versions of ourselves as well. Because it's, uh, it's very seldom that you get... Uh, so you know it's not actually that seldom that you get such great genuine people around but people who are willing to engage in the community to the extent which you did has just been it's absolutely invaluable and as I think I said to you on Facebook as well it's you know your home you'll there'll always be a home here for you in this Swedish Irish community here in Stockholm and in Sweden uh, so yeah th- the best of luck to you and your family as you move back as I mentioned this is a community supported podcast patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm if you'd like to sign up for a five or a month please do right because uh, this is what I would love to be doing in 10 years time I don't want to be dependent on anybody else so I'll continue doing the Irish and Sweden podcast and also the Global Gale podcast if you have a business that's interested two things about the business lads right one is drop me a voice note 
on WhatsApp to 070-721-7715, right? 070-721-7715. Drop me the voice note. Uh, I actually suggested to the lads from Taylor & Jones, now known as the Butcher's Deli, that they, if they wanted to drop me a voice note about the upcoming Christmas orders and that kind of thing. And I know that Stephanie down at Les is more, her, her physical shop is open down there now, second-hand English bookshop or English language bookshop down there. That's open up. Keep dropping me the voice notes. Aaron Kennedy is another man I was on to because he's doing great things and health and fitness and breath work and that kind of thing as well so just fire them on to me and i'll drop them into the podcast and they got a great response the last time the only problem is i don't have the time to be chasing you all the time so if you're out there with any sort of a product or a business or that kind of thing or you're running the irish store in sweden there uh, so you know just send them on to me and i shall put them in there so uh, and if you want to support the podcast as well that's absolutely brilliant but really i would hope that you know the bigger businesses are the ones you know more established ones that are able to support the podcast and the rest is just enjoy the free advertising for the time being uh, you can also swish a few bob if you want to do that as a private individual and you can do that to one two three two four two four one six six one two three two four two four one six six if you enjoyed this podcast and hopefully there'll be a few different listeners that we wouldn't normally have uh, do stick around check it out uh, you'll have the global gale podcast coming up later in this week as well so you know not to, if, if you're listening because you knew one of the actors who was in the show there or because you know you uh, there's always a reason to stick around there will be always interesting conversations on this particular podcast feed so get stuck into them there as well and please do share the podcast right i don't care if you never give me a penny for the other i'm going to do it anyway that's what you do when you're doing in a community you do these things and hopefully some people see the value in it and they pay for it right so i'm not bothered by any of that but do share the podcast if you can if you're into acting like the bell joe o'neill over in london there i'll send this to him and maybe he might circulate it among a few people and that kind of thing so if you could do that as well that would be magnificent and somehow we'll find the supporters who'll keep everything uh, going i'm like candide i see the best possible outcome in the best of all possible worlds boys and girls right that's it i I think that's all we'll manage to squeeze in for this week but i shall be back again next week uh, there's a couple of people now I'm going to meet now tomorrow. There's a couple of fascinating subjects coming up, which is always good. And, of course, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tempt fate by telling you who the planned guests are over the next few weeks. But there are a few returning guests and there are a few who are joining for the first time. But either way, I guarantee that you're going to enjoy the people who are going to be on the Irish and Sweden podcast. I'll be back next week. Until then, look after yourselves. Look after one another. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck.